0: I can always fix it in post. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Eat Chit and Dice. I'm your favorite host, Jared.
1: And I'm your favorite ginger host, John D.
0: Putting qualifications on it now. That's what I like to hear. All right. So today we're going to talk about, I'm I'm skipping this, A and B. We're going straight to C. This episode, Board Game Artwork. How does it affect your purchase? Roll the tape. So, today we are talking about board game artwork. The good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: Why did you skip A and B?
0: Let's talk about A and B right now. Recently we talked about party games, and Jondi has since found a new hidden role game that she really likes a lot. It's a licensed game. It's about everyone's favorite detective, Batman. Tell us about So,
1: it. I'm staring at Jared right now because I'm really irritated with him.
0: Tell us about your new favorite hidden role game.
1: It's not my new favorite hidden role game. It just... After we did the last episode, I, was, I, I saw a post about it on Facebook, and it's it's based on the episode of the animated series called Almost Got Him.
0: Is that the, is that the one where the Joker uh, turns everybody into smiling fishes?
1: No. It's the episode when a bunch of the villains are sitting around playing poker, and they're talking about the time that they almost got oh, Batman, yeah, yeah, yeah. and at the end, they figure out that one of them is actually yeah, Batman. Yeah,
0: Batman's been there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers
1: so this i like the
0: episode where joker has the fish that are smiling
1: yeah that one's funny too and Harley, this particular Harley is game lawyer. is is based on that episode and you are playing the villains and trying to figure out which one of you is actually batman in oh, disguise all right that sounds cool it does sound fun and since my birthday I, uh,
0: okay. is mm-hmm.
1: coming up i kind of want to play it for my birthday
0: okay well we'll we'll have to talk to the game group about that yeah um so recently you were at a convention
1: I was. I went to SaltCon in Salt Lake City, Utah. Actually, it was in Layton, Utah, which is basically Salt Lake City. Right. But I discovered some new games, or I guess kind of got reacquainted with some games I was familiar with but hadn't played before. Uh, One of them is Goblin's Breakfast from Midnight Campaign Games. And I remember when it was on Kickstarter its first time. I think it might have had a failed Kickstarter and then redid it or something. I don't remember for sure. But... It's, it's a food game all about goblins like eating lots of food and it's a really fun game that's really easy to play and when I saw it at SaltCon I was really excited to actually get a chance to play it and I came home with a copy of it with all of I got the fancy breakfast version that has all the extra doodads mm. and it's a really easy game that you can play with kids or adults and I think either way it would be a lot of fun to play so we can put a link to where you can find Goblin's Breakfast if you want to check it out.
0: And if you don't want to check it out, we'll still put the link, so just deal with it. Yes. If you don't like it, don't click it.
1: Yes. And I found a dexterity game. Yep. Called Build Up.
0: And I've actually played this one.
1: Yes, um, at...
0: I, th- I think I played it. At, I either played it at Geekway or Gen Con, or maybe even Origins. I honestly don't remember.
1: And I'm not sure where this guy was from. But it's a fun little game. It's, it's not... The gameplay itself isn't really too different from any other, like, stacking kind of game.
0: Well, a little bit. It has a deck of cards.
1: It does. It has a deck of cards, which I thought was a little bit different. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you play... You have to play a card for whichever block you have to... You're going to put on the tower. And they kind of look like kids' building blocks. They're really bright colors and and you play the card you, and you can put the block on the tower however you want including like the weirdest way you can possibly think of because what you want to happen is you want the next person to put a block on the on, to knock it down right because then you'll get all the cards that have been discarded and all of those different cards are worth points and there's no player elimination in the game the game's not over if the tower gets knocked down instead you play until somebody reaches 30 points So I like the fact that there's no player elimination in the game. And I like the fact that there's cards with it. I thought it made it a little different than some of the other dexterity stacking games I've seen before.
0: And well, what I think is interesting is that uh, it comes in a box now when it used to come in a a bag, (laughs) like a big plastic bag. (laughs) Well,
1: all of the ones at SaltCon were in a bag or in a box. I mean,
0: they were in a box because he found someone that can actually make it and he doesn't have to make it in his garage.
1: Right, right. Yes. So I came home with a copy of that in, in a box.
0: I believe you also caused some controversy.
1: Well, I did. I, I taught Burger Up to several people because it was in Salt Khan's game library. And everybody I showed the game to loved it and wanted a copy of the game. And...
0: Well, about that.
1: It's not available currently.
0: Nope. They did a single print run for the Kickstarter fulfillment plus some overhead. But...
1: I did ask them about it on their Instagram and they said they just did a reprint last month and that they said by the week after gamma they expected that the game will be back in stores
0: all right well so so for our listeners that don't know what gamma is do you want to handicap that for them
1: it is a board game trade show in which you get to go it happens at the end of march and basically, you have to be either a retailer or media or actually work in the industry to go. Although, lots of people get badges just by knowing somebody. Yeah. And it's it's a small show where you get to see what board game companies have coming out through, through the next year. So, it's, 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 it's more, a preview show.
0: It's more long lawns. It's less of a, hey, look at this game that's coming out. It's more of like, hello, distributors. We... A, a board game company are making this game. Please carry our game so that retailers can have it
1: or retailers. Cause it's, it's a big show for, for showing off stuff to retailer retailers. Yeah. So that it's retailers not like want your game.
0: origins and Gen Con, no. all those games where it's, it's specifically for a to trade buy. show. It's yeah. a
1: trade show. It's for retailers, distributors and media. Basically.
0: So, so don't get too excited and start booking your trip because odds are it's not a convention you'd even want to go to,
1: but you do want to, if you, if you're interested in board games, follow the news about Gamma because you'll get to see uh, a lot of board game companies will make announcements during Gamma Mm -hmm. about stuff that they have coming out throughout the next year or two. And a lot of excitement comes out of Gamma. So watch board game geek, especially does um, uh, videos from all of the different board game companies. And that's where most of the news gets dropped.
0: Yes. And the, the dice tower, crew is yes. the media guests this year. I think they're the media guests like every year, but
1: pretty much. I mean, they're there every year and they get to interview everybody every year.
0: I mean, so. I could be, I could be saying something that's completely false, but I do believe that they are there every year. So
1: they have been in the years I've gone, I've gone twice and they were pretty big presence both times.
0: Right. Um, so I guess the, the meat of this episode here, we've got board game artwork, graphic design, the good, the bad. Uh, you know, I just want to skip ahead here and talk about 11s.
1: Well, before we do that, I think we should talk about.
0: Can I? I just want to say. If you make a game where looking at it physically hurts my eyeballs.
1: <laughs>
0: like physically.
1: Yeah.
0: Hurts, causes me pain because my eyes can't focus. Yeah. You, don't make that game. Fix it. Yeah. If if putting your game in card sleeves is done not to protect the game, but to, make to protect playable, the players, yeah, you've done something wrong.
1: Yeah, it's and it's it's really a, a shame because Eleven Z's is actually a fun little game. I will never get it back to the table because I thought I was going to throw up because it was giving me a headache from looking. And you have you can't not look at the back of the cards. Yeah, yeah. Because to. of the way the game is played, there's a lot of looking at the back of cards. But I think we should talk a little bit about the difference between artwork and graphic design. Uh-huh, sure. I think it's really important that people understand that there is a big difference between just the artwork that's added to a game and the actual graphic design.
0: Right. And, and I, I don't want to overemphasize. It's not necessarily that it's a big difference. It's an important distinction. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's a lot of overlap.
1: There is. But a lot, I, think, I think a lot of publishing companies make the mistake of... Mistake of assuming that they can get both from one person. Yeah. And generally you'll have a great artist that maybe can do so-so graphic design or you'll have a great graphic designer that kind of can do art.
0: I mean like I can't draw a picture of a dragon, but if you hand me a picture of a dragon, I could crop it really nicely so that it fits on your box. You got hi- don't don't hire me to draw the dragon. Right. Hire me, well don't hire me at all because you should hire a professional. But I mean, if you give me a picture of a dragon and say, put this on a playmat, I can put it on a playmat, and then we can send it off to the printer.
1: Right. I think a lot of graphic designers function maybe as um, art project managers. That would be probably a good way. I mean, because they can direct the artists in the direction that they're going to need. And I think falling into that also is iconography, which in board games is extremely important. It's everything. Especially with uh, colorblind gamers iconography can make a game playable or not yeah that's become a
0: a a big thing in the last couple years it has i I love that
1: i do too because it actually board gaming should be about it's about being inclusive it's about being social and board games until publishers starting be started being more conscious of colorblind gamers board gamers really either had to self-mod a game so they could play it, or they were just basically excluded from being able to play because they couldn't differentiate between the piece colors or the different color cards. And I think the first major game that did a great job of this is probably Ticket to Ride.
0: Um, you know, I don't know about it, if it's the first, but it is a certainly a notable example because all the different train cars, the, the actual physical cards... That have the train cars on them, not the plastic trains themselves. They they have the individual colors, but then they also have the symbols.
1: Yeah, they make it very clear. If you can't see the different colors, you still can tell what cards you're collecting. Yeah,
0: it's like the the PlayStation controller logos, and then like a star and. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember off the top of my head what the what they are, but it's like a triangle and a circle and.
1: I honestly don't remember anymore either. Um, and plus, I have the deluxe version mm-hmm. of the game, which is slightly different.
0: Well, I'm not colorblind, so I—I I mean, not to disparage on anyone that is, but I don't pay attention to that kind of thing. I know that it's there, and yeah. I'm aware of why it's there. I do but pay I don't attention to it.
1: iconography a lot because a lot of times iconography makes a game easier to play, or if the icons are really well done.
0: Or, in the case of Race for the Galaxy, makes the game nigh unplayable.
1: So, tell me a little bit about your experiences with Race for the Galaxy.
0: Well. There are, I think, 70 or more different icons in that game. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the exact number without looking. I'm not I'm not going to go get it and right, count right. them. But it's something like 70 different icons. And, oh, yeah, you, you basically have to go to Board Game Geek and print out a chart to, to even begin to play the game.
1: I feel like that's a Rio Grande game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like Rio Grande is especially, I don't know, I don't know what word I want to use. I think a lot of their games suffer from either art or graphic design issues. Because they have several titles I'd say are good games, but I'd say most of their games suffer from either a graphic design or an art issue.
0: Well, there's a lot of their games, I mean, Pressure Cooker, that game doesn't even have art.
1: No, it doesn't. I actually bought that game at SaltCon.
0: Oh, did you? I did.
1: I found it in the... There's like a game swap area where uh-huh. you could buy games from people that brought them. It's kind of like garage sale. And I found it there for... I think the person wanted like 20 bucks, but you could get it on Amazon for 19 something. So I bought it for 15 bucks from okay the guy. Okay. And I remember the game being very fun. Yeah, it's fun. There's no art whatsoever.
0: <laughs> it's like... They, it looks like
1: clip art.
0: Yeah, they, they had MS Word open. And yeah. And they were like, I need a picture of an oven.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of Rio games... Rio... Re-
0: need a picture of a pot.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of their games kind of suffer from that. But it... it For the most part, except for Race for the Galaxy, apparently, which I haven't played, it works for them, usually.
0: The, oh, the Race for the Galaxy. It's a great game. Fantastic game. Phenomenal. Uh, but honestly at this point just get roll for the galaxy it's a dice version of it uh it still has the same problem i mean let's be honest it still has the same problem just now it's dice custom custom dice tons of custom dice everybody likes dice, dice dice dice
1: dice are fun so i was asking around on social media about games that have poor artwork or poor graphic design and one game that was brought up in almost every discussion that I read or was a part of was Food Chain Magnet. Well, it doesn't... Apparently See, a lot of gamers out there are super mad about this game th- because it's a good game. Yeah, this isn't,
0: this isn't fair. What you're doing here isn't fair. Because it's not supposed to have art. It's not supposed to have art.
1: Well... I'm looking at a bunch of pictures of it right now.
0: Yeah, it's just a bunch of cards with text, right?
1: Well, I mean, there's art on them. I mean, there's them. sort
0: of art, yeah. There's,
1: there's line drawings on yeah. them.
0: Well, you got to know what orange juice looks like, or lemonade. I don't know what version you're looking at, but...
1: I'm looking at a lot of different... The game literally looks like an unfinished prototype.
0: I mean, you guys can't see this at home, but I'm I'm giving her a look and I'm shaking my head.
1: He is, but it does to me. It looks like an unfinished prototype. It might be a great game, but I certainly wouldn't jump at buying it based on just looking at the art and the components.
0: You're gonna you're gonna get sued by Splatter. They're gonna be like these these dang Americans with their monopolies and their whatever other operation. And sorry, I
1: can't get sued for having an opinion.
0: No, you can't. Not so. yet, not yet. <laughs> we'll see.
1: And and uh, it, to be fair, I have heard that it's a good game and that you should look beyond the fact that it looks like an unfinished prototype.
0: So, okay, okay well, I'm going to real talk for a second. Honestly, what you should do is find a friend that has it and play their copy. Because it's one of those games where I feel like you're going to buy it, you're going to play it once, or not even actually play it once. Set it up once and be like, whoa. This is not a game. It, It's very confusing and maybe a little misleading about what kind of game it is. Like I know you like food games, but it's not a food game.
1: This game has never been on my list of games I wanted to get. No,
0: it's 100% pure. Like, there's no luck. And there's no randomness. It's just manipulating cards. It's just straight up economic decision making. And if you screw up on turn one, that's it. You're done. You could mismanage your restaurant very early in the game and never be able to recover. Just like in real life, really. I mean, if we're we're being honest, just like in real life. Right. You serve me a burger. I said no ketchup. You bring it to me with ketchup.
1: Now, I do have to say I I really do like the little meatballs that come with it.
0: I mean, I love a hamburger with ketchup. Don't get me wrong.
1: Well, actually, I'm sorry. The meeples don't that they don't come with it, but you can buy meeples from Meeplesource.com. Oh yeah, to play. Not a sponsor. With. And you can use their. They have like hamburger and ketchup meeples and mustard meeples that you can use with food chain, food chain magnet. Is and there? Is
0: there? Sorry, I can't see this picture that you're looking at. Is there orange juice meeples? Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry that that's what I thought was mustard, but now that I'm really looking, it is orange juice. Sweet. And there's ketchup, and there's burgers, and there's pizza, and there's a green bottle. I don't know what the green bottle would be.
0: I'd have to look at it. What what else do we have here? What Can we talk about this?
1: Well, other games that. Well, we just talked about a couple of games that have poor graphic design yeah, artwork. Yeah, I mean, so we
0: still got a lot more on our list. We than do, we can but talk I think about. we should
1: balance it out and mention some games that have good artwork or good graphic design, like Scoville. Mm hmm. Scoville, the art all fits the game very well, and I think the graphic design is excellent. The game is very easy to get into it and play. You can identify what everything is on the cards.
0: And I especially like the part, the round in the game where you go to your parents' house to print off a copy and you wreck your car.
1: <laughs> You've mentioned that, in, <laughs> I have, least No, I have talked about that. You have talked about that before, but I think Scoville is a good example of a game that has very consistent art. And good graphic design.
0: hmm well, I definitely agree. I just... they That one part of the game where you, you
1: <laughs> wreck your car... And here's a disclosure, folks. That is not part of the game. That That's is not just part of Jared's the game. terrible luck.
0: <laughs> I just hit a mailbox at three miles an hour in, in, a, in an ice patch.
1: Because he can't drive in the ice and snow.
0: Oh, I could drive just fine. It was just a very steep hill.
1: So... There's a game also that's getting ready, that's going to be coming to Kickstarter called Grim Forest. And if you Google the game Grim Forest.
0: You don't even. Don't make them Google it. We'll put a link.
1: Well, I'm looking for.
0: Don't make them Google it.
1: A link right now. Don't make them wait. It's actually on Board Game Geek, and there is a a trailer for it on YouTube as well. Well,
0: There you go. We'll we'll give them that. The art
1: in this game is (laughs) gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful, and it looks just like you would want a fairy tale book to look.
0: Alright, hold on. I gotta I got look at this. Let me pull this up. Oh, okay. Oh, Three Little Pigs? Three Little Pigs is board game?
1: It's not just Three Little Pigs, but... I mean, it's got Red Riding Hood. Oh, you
0: know what? You know, I saw a thing about this. Yeah. Yeah, this does look really good. The art. We'll, we'll on put it a is, link to this. Yes,
1: the art on it is just absolutely beautiful, and I and it's coming to Kickstarter starter soon, and I'm not sure exactly when soon is, but I know it's super soon. So, look for it on Kickstarter.
0: We'll put a, we'll put a link. Just follow me on Kickstarter, and you'll see me. You'll see me back it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I will have to come up with money to back that one, too, because it's just, it's just beautiful. And the gameplay looks like a lot of fun, and just everything about that game looks amazing. The graphic design, the figures that come with it, everything amazing.
0: Can I say something really, really mean and controversial? No. I hate the art in Sentinels of the multiverse.
1: Um... I think that is a general consensus among all people that have ever looked at or played that game.
0: And I know, I know we're going to get some angry tweets and emails about this. So send them to wait, wait, don't tell me at (laughs) NPR.org. That's our official, that's our new email address.
1: So I'm looking at a picture right now that I will post on our website.
0: It's like the kind of stuff you see on DeviantArt where like a 12 year old is learning how to draw and i
1: you know it reminds trigger me a lot warning of... guys
0: but the art's bad like i've met the guy that does the art he's a really nice guy but here's the deal right bro your art looks like
1: my eight-year-old nephew makes better art.
0: right I, and sure. i don't want to say anything mean about you because your game is great it's fantastic it's super fun i suck at it but like dude <laughs>
1: I, I'm looking at a picture I recently took at our local game store of four different versions of Sentinels. Yeah. And the art reminds me very much of like an early 90s cartoon. It's, and the art in the early 90s was weird.
0: It's like early 90s comic books during the era where if you had an idea and $5,000, you could have your own comic book.
1: Yeah. Yeah and i will post this picture that i took recently of sentinels
0: and maybe maybe we're stupid maybe that's the point maybe it's supposed to be bad 90s rob leifeld artwork i don't know maybe i've missed the whole point
1: to be fair when i have i haven't played a full game of this i've 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 seen it i've looked at that i think the graphic design in the game is is fine yeah it's just the art is
0: the 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 drawings themselves it's just
1: meh I mean, I certainly can't draw that well, but it's certainly not art that I want to look at all the time, playing a game that is as prolific as that game. I mean, and I there's really, a lot of, lot of game.
0: I feel really bad for saying mean things about this game, because it's a very fun game. It's a very good game. But, man, I just... The art is... Yeah. Uh, No, but... I mean, I feel really bad for bashing the game because it's a great game. It's an amazing game. But we're game.
1: not bashing the game. This Right. This, this, in this episode, we're not talking about games.
0: It's not a bad game.
1: Because there are lots of games that don't have great art that are still 100% great games and are in my library of games.
0: There's also a lot of games that, that have bad art, art that are just bad.
1: Yeah, but there's so, also but equally a lot of games that have great art. And then you play them and you're like, wow, they spent all their money on art and they didn't actually make a game. So it can go either way. I am just a very visual person. So I am far more likely to buy a game if it has great art than if it doesn't. And that is just me.
0: I'm super likely to pick up a box, look at the back of it, and then immediately put it down if it has bad art.
1: Yeah, or not even notice the box. In the case of terraforming mars Mm -hmm. so watch yourself here i'm not gonna say anything bad about the game and i'm not gonna say anything bad about the art because the art is actually beautiful the box is very plain
0: oh yeah it's just like a light red mars red yeah
1: i mean it it works really well for the game but when it's on a board game shelf it's on a shelf with a bunch of board games it's very easy to completely miss it when even if you're looking for it Which I was recently at the game store and looked over it several times because it just doesn't stand out. Which is fine. Like I said, it works. That art, that box even works for the game. And I'm not going to lie, it's a great game. I'm going to own that game. And I'm going to play the crap out of that game. But the box does not stand out even if you're looking for it in your local game store.
0: I mean, I'll admit that I've looked at games only at the box and gone, nope. It's like, Space Sheep. Yeah. Don't know anything about the game, but the fact that it's got this really cheesy Star Wars, uh, and it's got a seal, like a sticker that says, this covers a parody. Oh.
1: See, I gotta say I'm the exact opposite. I was interested in that game because the art was funny. But then I got to really looking at it, and it also—it looked like they tried way too hard to you, be funny.
0: You can't just Photoshop a picture of a sheep on a tractor and expect <laughs> me to laugh at your game, right? I'm I'm, so, I'm sorry. The game might be great. I don't know. I know it's the, the it's nothing like what the cover is like. It has nothing to do with sheep or Star Wars. It's I, I think it's like a it was a, a hex space game. I don't know. I I don't either. Clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. But every time I look at that box and I just see it on a shelf, I'm like, well, that game looks real dumb. And I feel like a lot of people might do that. If you haven't played a game, there are so many, so many, so many choices for games that you can buy right now. And I feel like the industry should be doing whatever it can to entice me to pick up your game.
1: I agree. Because there are so many games coming out now. And... You want to find a way to get your game to be noticed. Yeah. And art is a great way to do that and I know art good art isn't cheap because artists time is valuable. No,
0: no, no, Jondi. Here's here's the secret. Let me let you in the secret. What you do to get good free artwork is you just tell them, "I'll let you make art for my game. I'm not going to pay you, but think about the exposure." think about how much practice you're going to get. Okay. And how much exposure. I know that people
1: can't see this, but I'm giving Jared a horrible horrible look.
0: I'm also I'm also lying because that is not what you should do. No,
1: with any kind of creative person with writing, with art, people's time is valuable and it is an insult and a slap in the face to tell somebody that if you do this for me for free, you'll get exposure.
0: I see that a lot at, like, Gen Con and the Artist Alley, uh-huh. and I'm just walking through, and people are like, well, do you take commissions? Oh, yeah, sure, I take commissions, they're $40. Oh, well, I don't want to pay you $40, I, I just, you thought you could use some practice drawing Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, and it's an insult, how it, is, about, it is so completely insulting.
0: How about you get some practice with paying the artist their money, and... I never realized this is no, this is a rant that has nothing to do with the episode. I mean, it sort of has something to do with the episode. But, people, if you are going to the artist area of a convention and asking for free things, let, let's, let's take a step back. Let's think about this. Just think about this for a second. Pretend you're not in the artist part. Pretend you're in the normal vendor, like we're selling you stuff part. Are they going to give you something for free for practice? For exposure? No! It's the same thing. They're not selling you.
1: <sighs> I don't care if it's at a convention or not. Don't ask people for their work for free. Period.
0: They're not, they're not selling you the opportunity for you to talk to them. They're selling you an art. An art. A singular art. Uh, art is... Mm, I'm sorry. I'm really upset right now, John D. Can you just talk about something next thing on the list?
1: Um, sure. So, I recently asked a group of gamers in Facebook about games that they have played that they think the art is great, games they bought just because of the art, or games that they've passed over because of poor art. And maybe we can go over some of the answers that I got in there. Yes,
0: let's do that while I calm down.
1: So, there's somebody on here talking about Terraforming Mars. Saying that it's getting great reviews for gameplay, yeah. But in his, in this guy's personal opinion, he thinks that the art looks kind of the production of the game looks kind of homegrown, and he's hoping that they'll do a reprint with better art. Now, I gotta say, I kind of disagree with him when I really got to looking at the cards and the art for the game. It's actually really beautiful because it's very like rooted in realism, and it's it's just beautiful.
0: Well, at Um, the very least, it's consistent.
1: It, well, don't get me started on inconsistent art.
0: Oh, you don't want to talk about board games where five different artists have done...
1: Like Firefly, Legendary? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Legendary, Firefly. like uh, Legendary I mean, Encounters, Firefly. Like,
0: Pokemon and Magic the Gathering and stuff, they use different artists for different cards. But that's d- it's slightly a different...
1: different. So, when I bought Legendary, Firefly... Now, okay, a lot of people... I will preface this by saying a lot of people out there flat out say the art in Firefly Legendary is so bad that they won't play the game. I wholeheartedly disagree in the fact that the art is bad. None of the art is bad. The but art it is itself so, is not bad. It is so glaringly inconsistent that it is actually jarring when you're playing the game.
0: You know how sometimes you'll be reading a comic book and they'll switch artists? Like, you're, you're like... Right. It kind of
1: pulls you out of, here, out here of your I, story. I finished
0: issue six. All right, go to issue seven. It's completely different art. Yeah. It's like that, but with every single card.
1: Yeah. And I still like the game the because it, it, aside from the art, it, it almost feels like you're playing through episodes of Firefly, but the art is so so inconsistent that it really just pulls you right out of the immersion.
0: And once my immersion is ruined,
1: I'm out. With a game like that, especially... Like, okay,
0: let's, let me talk about something that I I think you might, you might be upset about this. You might not be upset about it. I don't really care. The art in Dixit. Okay. It's super inconsistent, but that's kind of the point for that game anyway.
1: Well, on Facebook, one of our followers who also happens to be your girlfriend today told us that she actually loves the art in Dixit. Oh, I think it's great. And she wishes she could buy prints of it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Why is she telling you these things via Facebook and not just telling me?
1: Because I asked on the Eat Chit and Dice Facebook about uh, game art that you she, especially love. She and she us. responded. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> she said that she loves the art in Dixit and she wishes she could buy prints of it.
0: Well, I, I agree. The, the art in Dixit is really good. Even though, and and on purpose, I think that they've done this thing. Like The art is super inconsistent. But for a game that's totally about the art you wouldn't it's like weird it's weird if if i say hey this is a game 100 about art but it's super inconsistent art it just seems weird that that's a good thing for dixit to have such contrasting art styles in the game like there's a new expansion that came out a few months ago And it's got totally different art from all the other expansions before it, which also had totally different art from the expansions before them. But for some reason, it works. I just think that Dixit has really good art. I don't think you're understanding what I'm doing here, John D. What I'm saying is Dixit has good art, even though every single card is different.
1: But, I mean, it's like that in Mysterium, too. Mysterium is... Lots and lots of different art pieces, and 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 it, it's somewhat inconsistent. It's it's all kind of has similar dark coloring yeah. or whatever. Beautiful art, but it is somewhat inconsistent. But it works for that game because the whole preface of the game is based on
0: the different art.
1: The different art, right? Because you have to look at the art and try to figure out the different pieces of art and how they relate to the different pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. So for a game like that, in quote unquote, inconsistent art, it's what you're looking for. It's what, if all the art was the same, the game would be impossible to play.
0: Well, I don't know that it would be impossible. So Dixon and mystery are very similar in design. I mean, not really in mechanic. They're definitely different, but in design, they're very similar. Right. Um, And I think that if all of the art was done by one artist, you'd still have enough variety necessary for the game. But because there are so many different art styles in the game and so many contrasting, even just techniques within the art styles, I think that it makes it a much more fulfilling experience when you solve, in Mysterium, when you solve the mysteries. Right. Or in Dixit, when you guess the correct card. Because you can have a card that you look at and you're like, okay, what I see here is this elephant. But then I look over at this other card, and I'm like, okay, well, that also looks like an elephant. But they're totally different.
1: Well, and sometimes they're abstract. Like, one time I'll look at a piece of art in, like, Mysterium, and I'll think I see an elephant. But then I might look at that same piece of art in another six months, and I see something completely different.
0: Yeah. So So I think inconsistency in that kind of game works. Right. And is important. But, like, yeah, Firefly is not...
1: It, I mean, almost, it kind of ruins the game.
0: W- w- don't make Wash look like four different characters.
1: Yeah. I mean, I get that there was probably no uh, likeness rights. Mm-hmm. But, there,
0: I don't think there were. Otherwise, they used that's to use not, photos. But it,
1: that's not what bothered me in that game. What bothered me is how different the, the various art styles are. And I get that it's expensive to try to get one artist to do all the cards in a game like that.
0: Well, especially if it's that many cards.
1: But you can have artists that have similar styles. And the artists that they used in in Firefly Legendary Encounters, I feel like none of their art styles even overlapped.
0: Like, I kind of feel the same way about the Aliens one. There are some cards that look like they don't fit.
1: And I haven't played the Aliens one. I played the Predator one. Okay,
0: it's probably the same. Like, here's the deal. Full disclosure, guys, uh, I haven't played Firefly Legendary. I own it. Um, I have not played Alien or Predator, but I've looked at the art um, because I watched a bunch of demos at Gen Con and, you know, you you might own the game. You might think it's great. You might love the art. That's fine. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying you're not allowed to love the art. There's just a few cards that are kinda not quite right.
1: It's like the old Sesame Street game where like one of these things is not like yes yes yeah
0: yeah you've got four oscar the grouches that are green and then you've got that yellow one from the earlier seasons
1: (laughs) right yeah that's that's (laughs) definitely what i'm talking about because it's (laughs) it's okay if you like the yellow oscar the grouch it's it's definitely okay because you can have differing opinions yeah but you can't put three green oscar the grouches and a yellow oscar the grouch all next to each other and say that they go together.
0: Right. You can't make a board game and have half of them
1: be green, green, and, green
0: and the half other half be yellow, be yellow because you're not going to people aren't going to understand that it's the same character. And I know I'm I'm taking a lot of liberties here and making a lot of assumptions about people and understanding, but one of the main things that you should be looking for when you're designing a game is how to make it appealing looking. And by randomly grabbing images off DeviantArt that are not even close to the same kind of art, it's not going to look good.
1: I will say, he isn't saying that the art people at Upper Deck grabbed a bunch of stuff off Oh, no, off of no, I'm
0: not, I'm not implying that at all. I don't mean to imply that. They hired some professional artists, and the professional artists did make professional art. Just not the same style of professional art as the other artists
1: It's jarringly different
0: maybe maybe we can we can put some pictures
1: yeah yeah we can some... Put, post some pictures of, of like the. i think there's three distinctly different art types in the game if i, I was recall.
0: thinking i was thinking like four but three. there might be
1: different. four but i, I think I, for sure i remember that there were three very different art types and none of them are bad in fact all of them are quite good i just wish that they went together better
0: Do you think that the people listening to the podcast even know what what I'm talking about when I say yellow Oscar the Grouch?
1: Well, they can look it
0: up. They can Google it. I'll put a link to like a Wikipedia article about about yellow Oscar Oscar the Grouch. Grouch. Do you remember when Elmo was just a background character? He was just one of the background monsters and then they made him a main character.
1: A background character. It's like,
0: okay, so I I think Upper Deck, I've got a great money-making opportunity for you. If you are listening to the podcast, make Sesame Street legendary encounters.
1: Oh my god, that would just be ridiculous! <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Money
0: making opportunity. Get on an upper deck. I'll, I'll work out the details with HBO. Right. Because they okay. own they own it now.
1: They do, which is just so weird.
0: Um, can we let's talk about the other thing that you wanted to talk about? Because I think I think I can keep my mouth shut.
1: So, OK. Disclosure before I mention this, mm-hmm. I had a huge part in the development of the game that we are about to talk about.
0: I had a much smaller part.
1: Um, but Bring Out Your Dead, which is published by Upper Deck Entertainment. Um, I love the artwork in it. However, it was done by two different artists and it's easy to tell yeah. that wow. it's done by two different artists. I love, 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 love both of the artists, but one of the complaints, and I do have to agree, after the game was published, was that the two different art types almost don't go together. And
0: it's a little confusing about what time period it's supposed to be set in, right? Right. Because of the two different, two different art, art styles. Types.
1: Yeah, but but I will say one thing that kind of the graphic design of the game is, in my opinion, kind of what brings it all in together. And the iconography in that game is top-notch.
0: It's easy to play, because once you've played it once, you kind of figure you, out what the symbols mean. You figure out what the
1: symbols mean, and it makes it really easy to not even have to check your player aid very often. So I think, even though the two art styles are sle- are a little bit inconsistent, it's not jarringly so, and the graphic design really pulls it all together quite well. So I think that is... An example of where inconsistent art doesn't totally make the game unplayable. Well,
0: it it makes the art bad, but not the graphic design bad.
1: Right. Well, I don't think the art is. It's not bad. bad. I'm not
0: saying it's bad. It's the just... art
1: is fantastic, actually, in my in my uneducated art opinion. Right. But it is different. The two different art styles. So. Tokido. Yeah. Um. Takedo, is a beautiful game all around. I can't say anything bad about it. It's really pretty. The art's really well done. The graphic design is really well done.
0: It is a super beautiful board game.
1: It is. It's hard to play because there's a lot of game there.
0: It's hard to play because it's not really a game. It's an experience.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I could I could it's I don't dislike playing it, but It's not the first thing I jump at playing. Well, I don't want to use
0: the word play, though. Play implies you you have a lot of difficult choices that you have to make, and there's lots of uh, randomness that you might have to do, or something like that. But Tokaido just kind of happens. And you sit back and you collect your treasures, your um, souvenirs... You observe your beautiful sceneries. You have a bath with a monkey. (laughs) You eat some food.
1: So I think what I can say about Takedo is that it's just aesthetically fantastic.
0: I love the, the contrast between the crisp whiteness of the majority of the game and then the bright colors.
1: Yeah, it's very well, the space is well utilized, the colors are well utilized. It's just a beautiful game.
0: Although it's nothing like actually going to Japan.
1: I wouldn't know. So Well,
0: maybe one day um, your husband will send you to Japan <laughs> never to return.
1: <laughs> send me, okay. Jared, what are some other games that you really enjoy the artwork?
0: Um you know, there are all, there's there's a lot of games where I really enjoy the art. Um, I guess I could I mean, this is this is a joke. This is a halfway a joke, but I really like the art in King of Tokyo.
1: I yeah, I can see that because the art's actually really fun.
0: Like not not maybe not the newer version, but the the like old the first, the first edition. edition one. Yeah,
1: it's fun. The artwork is fun. So yeah, I can I can I I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I, I just, mean, I don't. I think I've mentioned before that I'm not a huge fan of that game, but yeah, the artwork is fun.
0: I just, there's something about just like a giant monster.
1: That's also kind of chibi-ish art. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, got, he's kind of fat.
1: Yeah, I know. He's adorable. It, it, but he's also a scary monster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm right there with you. So yeah, I can agree.
0: I mean, the, the newer version, they, they cleaned up a lot of that. They made it look more... I'm going to use air quotes here, professional. Um, But it just, I don't know. It just lost kind of the, maybe the cuteness factor.
1: Oh, no, it's still there.
0: You think so? You think it's still there?
1: I mean, I have, I don't, I don't have the first edition. I I don't think, if I remember right. I mean, because the monsters are still cute Mm. and they're still like almost hard to be scared of them because they're adorable, but the box art isn't as cute.
0: I just happen to have this sitting here. This is a pack of cards from Evolution. I believe these were the misprinted cards that were replaced. Um, but just just take a peek at that artwork while I talk about the artwork in... Um, gosh, you know, I, I can't remember the name of it. It's It's escaping me right now. I feel like we've talked about it before. It's a cowboy game...
1: Spurs. Yeah, Spurs, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was, Spurs. I
0: was just seeing if you were paying attention.
1: Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful art.
0: Um, we, we should really, like, we should get, when we get a studio space, we should, like, record, video record, so people can see the dumb faces that I'm making when I'm trying to mess with you.
1: Well, I wholeheartedly think that we should start doing video recording, but definitely needs to be when we're not in your kitchen, when it's in the process of being remodeled
0: <laughs> it's not really being remodeled it's it's getting some IKEA shelves it needs them yeah
1: right now it looks like a hoarder lives here no it's not that bad but
0: no there's just some cardboard boxes that I've been breaking down and yeah yeah uh, anyway people need they're not listening to this to find out about my kitchen
1: no um but he does troll me to see if I'm paying attention and yeah Spurs is beautiful and these cards he just handed me um I don't know what to think they're like weird watercolor dinosaurs yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so evolution it was originally made by there was a russian board game. can i open this and look at... um i think i think i was giving that to somebody
1: okay um i, I
0: can get you i can go get the actual no it's okay thing. it's okay um,
1: I, I can look them up but it, i don't know what to think they look like watercolor dinosaurs yeah
0: so the original game was, it was made by this russian company i can't remember the name of it um i could google it but i wasn't prepared to talk about it um the game wasn't very fun. It had a lot of problems. It went on too long. You could stack too many traits and it might have been a problem with the translation. Like it could very well be that we were cheating and playing the game completely wrong. but because as we Russian. have
1: pointed out in the past, you almost never play a board game right the first time.
0: Right. Or um, also like we've pointed out how if your game is in a different rule, like uh, well, well rule, if your game is in a different language, say you buy pandemic in French for some reason,
1: was it Gem Club?
0: Mm, no, I don't remember what it was. But it's n- it's by North Star Games now.
1: Yeah, North Star Games LLC and Fun Forge.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah, I'm looking at the board game geek.
0: But yeah, the the art is very... It's weird, trippy, psychedelic, colored dinosaurs and birds and stuff like that. Because it's about evolving your creature. But it doesn't use any real creatures. Like, yeah, this kind of looks like an iguana. I mean, would you say that looks like an iguana? But rainbow? A rainbow iguana? That's a real animal, right? They have those in Arizona, probably.
1: I think it kind of looks like a rainbow Komodo dragon.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... I don't think rainbow. I think, um... I think it, th- this particular piece of art... This... Iguana exists in the same place that unicorns exist. Okay,
0: okay, maybe I shouldn't say rainbow. Maybe it's more like uh,
1: it's blue, you and know, red and purple.
0: You know those cameras that can see heat, like the infrared. Yeah. Well, well what about that? It's an infrared iguana.
1: Kinda, yeah. Is that better? <laughs> it does kind of look like an infrared <laughs> iguana? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but the game the game's good. the game's really good the uh, the new version fixed all the problems that I had with it and the art previously was just like green and white colors and shapes mm-hmm. but now it's this these beautiful I, I guess they are watercolor. I don't know but they're much it's much better now It looks
1: like watercolor.
0: And it very well might be or
1: at least watercolor style.
0: Okay, so we've got a little bit of time left. Do you want to talk about Kickstarter and any kind of food items you may want to tie into this episode?
1: Well, you know, I was thinking about food and art, and it made me immediately start thinking about coffee houses. Mm-hmm. And coffee houses can be a great place to play board games. So I thought we could talk a little bit about some of our favorite. Um, coffee drinks or
0: oh well i'll tell you right now uh you get the ariana grande sized uh iced what what do i get uh venti iced caramel macchiato that's what i get i do
1: like caramel caramel macchiato but i you know i keep thinking you and i not too long ago went to just a little tiny local um coffee place yeah. and i had a london fog Mm-hmm. and i have not stopped thinking about this london fog since then and i want to go back and More have John another you, one
0: what 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 is a london fog i feel like it involves some kind of tea it and, does it's like I, I believe and... earl grey
1: tea <laughs> and steamed milk mm-hmm. and usually um a little bit of uh lavender although some people prefer vanilla or a different flavor instead of the lavender and it's amazing and I've actually started trying to learn how to make steamed milk at home without a milk steamer. So I could try to make a London Fog at home. Because it's just, it's a nice drink. And I, don't, I try not to drink coffee at night. And I play board games at night more often. So I was like, ooh, I could drink London Fog. And it's got, how, do you, how do you steam milk? You can do it in the it's microwave. That, uh... It doesn't work quite as well. But you can get a little bit of the foam going on if you, if you um, put the milk in a, you put it in a, like a mason jar. And you shake it up so it gets bubbly, with the lid on, and then you microwave it for I can't remember. You get,
0: do you microwave it with the lid on? Because that's the lid metal. has like a
1: little bit of. No, well, you can get mason jars that are specifically made for the microwave.
0: Do you specifically have a metal lid mason jar that you microwave? I do,
1: and that one I do not microwave because of the metal lid. <laughs> okay, but you're supposed to shake up. I think you. When I do it, I've taken the lid off after I've shaken it up, and then you microwave it. And then you've got a little bit of foam because you've shaken up the milk. And it only works well with like 2% or whole milk. Do not try this with skim milk because it just doesn't work. Um, Not because I've tried it. Skim milk is like milk-colored water. But I read online that you should not do it with anything below like 2%.
0: What about like soy and almond?
1: I don't know if it works with those.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: But. um,
0: Well, I don't know much about milk, so.
1: Well. I think that if you like tea, that you should try a London Fog, and it's not on the menu like at your local Starbucks. But I'm told by a friend of mine who works at Starbucks that if you ask for it, they can make it for you.
0: Don't just go in there and and say that you want it though, right? You need you got to tell them what it is. Sometimes not all, some, it's some not of them. It's not a will, menu item. The baristas aren't required. Some to of know. them
1: know what it is because it is a, apparently a fairly popular drink. But some of them you'll have to tell them, hey, mm-hmm. I want, I want. Basic, basically, I want a tea latte. Okay.
0: Okay. So. Well, that sounds interesting. So, my challenge to you guys is to go out to your favorite local or chain coffee restaurant and ask for it and try it, and let us know what you think.
1: And play games while you're there. Yeah, play games. You know, play Eleven with with. Uh, make sure hardsies. you yeah, make sure you
0: <laughs> sleep it first, because because of the because of the coffee being spilled on it, of course, not right. because of the.
1: Uh. <laughs> right so jared what have you backed in kickstarter lately that you're excited about
0: well earlier i backed um i'm friends with this guy and by friends i mean i've seen him at many conventions gen con and geekway mostly and i've talked to him and i've played some games that he's been developing but bees with five e's
1: with five E's with five e's, e's. Uh, it's okay. a simultaneous
0: dice rolling game there's some bees uh-huh you gotta build a hive I played it, gosh, I want to say in, like, 2014. Um, And the guy, Marcus Ross, he did um, Discount Salmon was the game that he made that got him notoriety originally. Uh, He's got a few other games in development, too, but I I can't tell you whether or not they'll ever be released. Uh, To be honest, I didn't know that bees would ever be released. It was just kind of a prototype he was messing with along with a kind of like a weird word game that he was also working on but um it's pretty cool i'll put a link to it in the episode notes if you want to check it out the only video that shows how to play it is uh man vs. meeple which is a uh, another a very famous board gaming video podcasting thing but um but yeah we'll put a link and they can check it out what what have you been looking at john D?
1: well i'm especially excited about dragoon Because I missed Dragoon the first time it was on Kickstarter and a friend of ours has it.
0: Oh, oh I have this. This is that the cloth bag with the metal. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's a really it's a really cool game. It's like a dragon hoarding treasure type little game. And and it's back on Kickstarter now with an expansion, but they've got it to where you can order the original, like with the gold and the bronze Mm -hmm. and the actual silver pieces. And the expansion, it's like one hundred and twenty-five dollars if you want everything. Okay. If but I just if
0: I if I personally just want the expansion, they and they like...
1: have just the expansion okay. in either the standard version with like the plastic pieces or with the gold and bronze. Why would you
0: want plastic? I that know. Game is I know. So amazing with the with the. It's very heavy.
1: It is heavy, but the pieces are actually coated with real gold, real mm-hmm. silver, and real bronze, which is just kind of cool because, you know, it's dragons hoarding treasure. Yeah, I think and mine's
0: in that room. It's, a, it's it a
1: fun game, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to back it because $125 is a lot of money right. On in, in a one-income one household, but I really hope that I can because I was just so excited to see it coming back to Kickstarter. Well,
0: and it's also, I mean, it's not an abstract game, but it's,
1: it is and it isn't. Yeah.
0: It, for what it is, it is kind of abstract, but a it's not bit. an abstract game.
1: It's it's just really fun.
0: We talked about this earlier, Dinosaur Island.
1: <laughs> we, so, let's... I had an initial reaction to Dinosaur Island.
0: And it's, it's oddly the exact same reaction that I had. Yeah.
1: So, I have since read the Kickstarter, and it does look like a really fun game. But my initial reaction to it was just very... Ugh. Because the color like the 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 neon pinks and stuff reminded me very much of the the Far Cry dinosaur Far Cry 3 the dinosaur like little DLC that they had oh, it was
0: uh, blood dragon yes yeah
1: um and I love Far Cry I hated that dinosaur one it was just it was just I hated it
0: I don't think it was a DLC I think it was a standalone game
1: Was it but it's it, but it's just it might just be but it's it's bad and it's I hate it what? so much it's because it tries so hard to like be 1980s or whatever. And the colors are just, they make my eyes want to bleed.
0: Right. Sure. And so
1: my first reaction to dinosaur Island was, Oh my God, it looks like that far cry game.
0: My first reaction was dinosaur Island. How do I get my money there? Because dinosaurs and also dinosaur Island. I was traumatized at a young age by Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs>
1: so. Well, I do have to say that when I read about it, I'm like, oh, my God, I can build my own Jurassic Park. So yeah. I do really want... I'm not going to back the Kickstarter because... Yeah, you can just play my copy. No, I'm going to buy the game. Oh. I'm not going to back the Kickstarter because it's from Pandasaurus Games and all of their other games. Oh, yeah, yeah you will come store, to retail, yeah. And I don't care about extras from yeah. Kickstarter, so I'm just going to buy it retail, but... I definitely will add it to my collection because you get to build your own dinosaur island. But I will say my very first reaction was like, what were they thinking with that art?
0: Um, okay, so we are just about out of time. Do you have any final things you want to add?
1: I just want to say if there are any future board game designer publishers or any publishers listening to this pay attention to what the fans out there have to say about art and graphic design because it might cost a little bit more money to get a really good graphic designer or a really good artist but it really will help your game sell in the long run and bad art is it's gonna even if it's a great game people are gonna pass over it so really spend that little bit of extra money if you can and get good art get good graphic design get good get good (laughs) yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, this is the part of the episode where I tell you that I really want you to tell everybody to listen to our podcast. And actually, hashtag TriCast, T-R-Y, uh, I mean, that doesn't work if you're listening to me say that because hashtags don't work in audio. But tell all your friends because it's national... Try a new podcast month or whatever. I don't know. NPR is doing a thing, or
1: yeah, they are. I actually heard that. I was like, oh, everybody should try eat, chit and dice.
0: Yeah. hashtag Trycast. Uh, okay, but th- thanks for liking, uh, commenting, subscribing, following, uh, retweeting, hashtagging, uh, b- blogging. Uh,
1: I'm gonna s- I'm gonna start talking, so Jared will shut up, and I'm just gonna say. Keep listening, and until next time, you can eat Chit and Dice.
0: Eat Chit and Dice is a production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international. There's a whole point, there's a whole part in the middle here where I rant about Dixit, that we're just going to have to cut in half. But that's okay. We'll play it. We'll play it for our for our super fans at the first annual Eat Chit and Dice Convention, ECATCon. <laughs> Coming soon to a convention center near you. Okay, bye everybody.